Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for being in this church. And Pastor Dan, I love you so much, and we are so looking forward to seeing you on Sunday and seeing you grow and being blessed and being used by God. We pray for you and your family on a regular basis that the good things will happen to you, not just to you, but to your children and also your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. I expect you to live a long life that you can see your great-grandchildren in the future. Amen? I expect to see great-grandchildren. 20 years from now, maybe Josiah will get married, and I'm, I'm still healthy to see my great-grandchildren. That's our dream, our desire to see a lot of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Amen. We are so blessed to have all of you, very, very good people, very committed and genuine and sincere brother and sister in Christ in this house. So I'm so thankful for serving the Lord with all of you and to worship the Lord with all of you. Amen. Thank you so much. This morning, I would like to share with you, continue to talk about abounding life or abounding ability. In fact, in our Christian life, you know, for me, I don't know about you much, but for me, I'm a first-generation Christian. I did not grow up in the church. I did not know the Bible. I did not know Jesus. So to come into Christianity is a new world for me. And all these 38 years, I keep learning, studying, listening to the Holy Spirit to teach me the Word of God. And I find that He has so much treasure in the Bible to teach us. And every time God teaches me new things, I have to adjust my life. I embrace the truth in and change and allow the truth of God to change me and walk according to what the Bible says. So every Sunday when I come up, I bring into you maybe something new to you that you never heard before. Or maybe some of you know already because you are the second generation, third generation Christian. But it's good to emphasize again what you have heard because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Today, I would like to talk again about abounding life, or super abundant or surplus life. Let me read this text, which is the main text of this series of sermons. I just thought this is the third sermon, abounding life, the third sermon. You can go back to listen to all the teachings in the YouTube and in the podcast. Oh, by the way, we are so happy to finish the marriage class and pre-marriage class. It's so good to see many teachers there to teach different things uh, in the class. And a lot of young couple and people who plan to get married come and learn. It's so wonderful to learn the Word of God regarding family. And I plan to record teaching in the YouTube about family in a series. I want to call it like family enrichment. I don't have time to teach up here, so we're going to teach in the studio and put in the YouTube and people can listen about how to build family and how to raise kids. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. I will read from New King James Version. 
And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. I believe that this scripture is written for every single believer, not just only a few people. In the King James Version, the word abound was used two times. In King James Version say, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. The word about here in the Greek language is perizio, which means surplus, abundance, to have and more and above, to be better in quality and quantity, to have and to more, have more, to spare, to excel, to exceed, to increase and have left over. And that is the will of our Father, our Shepherd. Psalm chapter 23, verse 1, I review a little bit here. The Lord is my Shepherd. I have all that I need, or I shall not want. The Lord is our Shepherd. We will not be in need, but we shall have more than enough. So I will continue to teach the principle of abounding life and how we're going to get there to have the abounding life. I myself, now after being a Christian for 38 years, I have experience of abounding life now. I have reached that experience myself. That's why I can teach this from my own experience. In the last two sermons, we learned that Jesus is a good shepherd. And we need to represent him well. If we look broken, we are broke, we are sick, and we are weak, the good shepherd will not look good. That's why God wants to bless his sheep to have a bounding life, and he will get the glory. We learned last time that in order to have a bounding life, it starts from the heart, that we have a willing heart, joyful, cheerful heart to obey the Lord. Because the Bible says God will bless the obedience. God loves the cheerful giver. So we need to have a willing heart to obey the Lord. We are glad to obey Him when He tells us what to do. And that is the starting point of living or entering into the abounding life. God loves cheerful giver, and He wants to bless the cheerful giver. He wants to bless those who cheerfully, joyfully obey Him. Therefore, when God tells you to do something, maybe give your time, your energy, your talents, you should rejoice in giving your time, your energy, your talents, your gifts, your finances, and your strength to the Lord. And He may use you to bless somebody else who is in need so that you can use your surplus to help other people. In fact, listen carefully. We all have certain needs in our life. We all have certain needs. I myself, my needs is not money. What I need is people to help me to preach the gospel. So I have my need. 
And God want to meet my need. In order to allow God to meet my need, I need to give Him the right to meet my need. And what do I do to give Him the right to meet my need? He knows about the future. When I gonna be in need? He knows your future too. One day you may need one thousand dollars to do something to pay some bill. He knows your need. But now, before that day happen, he gonna ask you to sow. To sow something to somebody else who is in need. You may have a surplus, and God say, "Can you sow that surplus to that person?" You may think, "Oh no, this is my money. This is my time. Why do I need to do this?" But actually, God really worked so hard over time. To get you so that so that five years from now, at the time that you really need the five the one thousand dollars, you can reap it, because when you sow, you shall reap later on. This is what I learned many years ago. God told me, "Don't sell the teaching at all. Give them out for free of charge." And I say, "Wow!" But I spent ten thousand of hours to produce teaching. Why? Shouldn't I sell product in Thailand or in the world? People can buy CD box, maybe five dollars, better than nothing. But God say, no, you sow, you give it for free. And now, how many years now? We start in year 2004. From that day, now I see that what I sow, I'm reaping now. That God give me more and more liberation of the word. To understand the Bible and to teach better and better every year, I sow the word, I reap the word and revelation. And not only that, God sent to me a lot of people to help me record. Sent Steve Mars to help me with the sound. Sent Pastor Raj and Kevin. Sent so many people, Brendan, to help me to set up the sound to record to bless the whole world with a good teaching. You can see here that we sow and we reap. The big obstacle of entering into the abounding life or superabundant life is unwillingness to obey what God tells you to do. If you're willing to do it, you open the door for reaping for your surplus. If you read the Bible in the Book of Acts carefully or in the early church, the Bible say that no one. Was in need. Why? Let me explain to you. This is the lifestyle of Christian community. I know that this is something new to some of you, but I'm teaching to give you more revelation. In the Christian community, what happened is this: somebody in the community may be in certain needs, and God knocked on your head. <laughs> Two days ago, I met one patient who is a Christian, and he do like this. <laughs> he told me the story that he was driving downhill, and below there's a big ice that he's gonna get into trouble. So God knocked on his head. He do like this, and he said that stop right now, park your car, don't go down. But he was stubborn. He went down, and the car broke. He the car get into a crash. So he told me that now I'm telling you right now, as a patient of yours, you should not stop being a doctor. You should continue practicing. They say, oh, what? <laughs> He said that in society needs some good Christian spirit-filled doctor. Don't quit. So I was thinking, wow, is this from the Holy Spirit or from from you? I don't know. 
So sometimes God may tap on your shoulder, or sometimes you don't listen when God tap on your shoulder. He knock on your head, like this. Help that person with your surplus. And when you help, you give. Maybe your time to repair the car, or your finances, or your ability, something you help. You give out your surplus. One of these days, you come to the condition that you need help too. You get it? And then God knock on somebody else's head. Hey, help pass allow. And that person responds. Why that person responds? Because I already saw what it was told me to sow. Then I reap. This should be the whole community of Christianity. That everyone learn to sow the surplus. And when the time of your need, you reap from somebody else. The whole community will not be elect because we sow to each other. We help each other all the time. God's will is that we have what we need and above and over. We have all that we need and some more. We call abundance. We need to learn how to sow. I'm thankful to Mary, Pastor Da, because she learned how to sow a lot. Every time she goes to care group, last Wednesday we went to a care group in Belleville. She said, "I'm not going to go barehand. I'm going to bring some fruit and some mochi ice cream." So I want to sow. I want to give to somebody. I don't want to come just to eat their free food. I want to sow into that group of people. He, she learned how to sow. And that's why she experienced the leap reaping. When I'm talking about sowing, I'm not talking about a million dollars. I'm not talking about the abounding life of having two or three million dollars in the bank account. I'm not talking about you have 15 houses or 10 cars. Don't take me wrong. We are talking about God is able to make all grace abound toward us. That we always have all sufficiency in all things. That we may be able to have an abundance or abounding life to do every good work. It's not about accumulating things so that we have more number in the bank account and more car. No, 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 no. God give us more so that we can do good work. And when we talk about good work, don't take me wrong. It's not about good work toward you. It's good work toward others. Good work toward the kingdom. We have more than enough to bless others, to help others, to build the kingdom, and to preach the gospel. It's not about me. It's about the kingdom of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, New King James, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. In NIV, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. The Apostle Paul said, think about the mercy of God. Jesus died for us. 
the nail went to his hand. He got whipped with many wounds on his back. He shed his blood. The crown of thorns on his head. People spit on him, ridiculed him. He went through so much suffering for you and me. Think about the mercy of God. We don't deserve that. And now God say, "Could you please be willing to give your life to Him as a living sacrifice?" Romans chapter 12 talk about willingness. I offer myself. No one forces me. I kneel down and say, "God, I give my life to You. My life." My body, my house, my car, my bank account, my strength, my energy, my ability—anything in my life. If you want it, go for it. I offer to you willingly and cheerfully, as a holy, acceptable offering to you. Should every Christian do that way? This is the key to abounding life. Romans chapter twelve, verse one. You offer your life as a living sacrifice, amen. And Romans chapter twelve, verse two, continue to say, "And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove." Everyone say, "Prove." I have proven already myself. I have proven. I have experienced. What is that good, and acceptable, and perfect will of God? Before I go to that word, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Let me explain the first sentence. And do not be conformed to the world. The Bible warns us that we should not follow the way of the people in this ungodly world. Let me read the scripture. What is the ungodly world doing? Second Timothy chapter three verses one to four. But know this: that in the last days. Perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despiser of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is the way of the world. The people in the ungodly world love themselves, love what pleases them, love what makes them happy. But for us as believers, we have Jesus inside us. The Holy Spirit pour His love into our heart, and now we learn how to love God more than ourselves. Love other people. And honor other people. We learn how to give and to live our life for other people. We are not lovers of ourselves. We are not lovers of money anymore. We are not lovers of pleasure anymore. But we love God and love people. We turn out from being selfish people into unselfish people. I want to tell you. Pastor Dar can witness. I'm one of the most selfish men in the world. Before I turned to Jesus, I was so selfish and so self-centered. God made Pastor Dar blind at that time. <laughs> God knows that I can become a pastor one day. 
and I need to marry this woman to be a pastor wife. So he just blinded her, even though I was so selfish. But thank God, he saved me and he turned me around to be unselfish man. Amen. So that is the way the world love ourselves, love the pressure of life. And the world, the people in the world, the way the thing is, is I will get whatever I want on the expense of other people. I don't care how much you lose. I'm going to get it. That is the way of the world. But the way of God is, I will give. I will be the blessing. I will sow and help you. Amen? Now, let me go to the word. What is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Many of you never learned this. Why God used three words? Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. In our life, there are times that we are in lack or we need something. We don't have it and we need it. There are times. And there are times in our life that we have just enough. Oh, good. I have enough. I can live comfortably. But there are times in life that when we have more than enough, so that we can do good works. We can have left over to do good works. God's will is that you are living in lack, you are coming short, or you don't have enough. That is B-A-D. Bad. Okay? That is bad. Let me read from YLT. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this age, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God say, I want to renew your mind right now. To think the right way. Don't follow the way of the world. For you are proving what is the will of God, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will. There are three levels of the will of God. Okay? So let me explain to you. Good, acceptable, and perfect will. If we can change these three words into another kind of way of expression. Good, better, and best. Good, enough, and have a little bit more than enough, and so full and perfect, and I don't have to worry anymore. More perfect. Perfect means complete. Let me ask this question. Are all God's people living in the perfect will of God? No. Many Christians are living out of the perfect will of God. They are in debt. They have credit card debt. They don't have enough to pay bills. They don't have strength. They're sick and sick and sick all the time. They cannot do anything for other people and even for themselves. They are not living in the will of God. They are living in the bad situation. But all of us, after we become a Christian, we enter into the kingdom and we can experience a varying degrees of the will of God. Some of us, when you become a Christian, God bless you to have a new job. God bless you to heal you from sickness. And you, 
Just oh now, I have enough to pay bill every month. I am healthy now. Oh, it's good. I experience the good will of God now. Good will of God. You see my point? Not bad anymore. You are not in the bad situation. But then the, another word, acceptable or pleasing. So the word, the first word is good. You have enough to enjoy life. But how about the next one? The next level, acceptable or pleasing. It means this way: after you have enough for yourself, God bless you to have extra, a little bit more extra. Wow! To move from this level to the next level of the will of God, the higher degree of the will of God. God say that is acceptable for me. God love it to see you bless. I accept that that you are blessed to have more than just enough and have a little bit more left over. That is the acceptable will of God to move you to the next level. And what is the perfect will of God? He want to move you to next next one. From here, good, acceptable. And the perfect will, it means, now you are in the position that you're so healthy, strong, full of faith. You have enough to pay all the bills. You don't have to worry about paying bill. You have money if you want to take vacation. I keep telling Pastor Da, one of these days, really my dream. I want to go into the river tour in Europe, the boat river tour. And Pastor Da said, "We have no time. We have church. We travel." But I said, "One day I'm going to go into river tour in Europe with you." So that my desire will be fulfilled. I will be able to pay for that tour. And now the perfect will of God is that I have every bill paid. I have leftover that I can enjoy my life. And next is that I have leftover. To be able to do every good work, I can help anybody. That is the perfect will of God. I'm not talking about millions of dollars. I'm not talking about a lot of houses. But it starts somewhere. Moving from good to acceptable and to perfect will. There must be something going on here to move you to the next level. And that word. I want to emphasize one more time: a willing heart. Are you willing to obey God when God taps on your shoulder and say that person is in need? Can you give your surplus? Maybe your surplus is only five dollars at this time of your life. You pay all the bill, your gas bill, your Electric bill, everything you have left five dollars left every month, and you say, "Wow, this five dollars is a lot for me." And God say, "Can you give three to that person who need lunch? He doesn't have money to buy lunch. Can you give that three dollars? It doesn't have to be million dollars. It doesn't have to be fifty thousand dollars. Three dollars that you have. Are you willing to obey?" If you are willing, he's gonna move you up from good to acceptable. 
and you keep doing that, He gonna move you to eventually in your life, you will be living in the perfect will of God. Amen. And the perfect will of God is this: you have more than enough to do every good work that God called you to do. Amen. Our church want to get involved in the ministry for the Jews, and I believe we will have more than enough. We will not have to suffer financially to help the ministry in Israel. And if God call us to help the orphanage somewhere, we will have more than enough to help the orphanage. We should set that goal. I'm gonna live. In the perfect will of God, that I can do every good work to sow to help those who are in need, and God gonna keep putting in. Because as we sow, we will reap. The willingness to sow, the willingness to obey God. I'm not talking about being led by the flesh or emotion. Okay, I'm not teaching you to be led by emotion, led by. Manipulation or man's kind of playing game with you? No, no. We are led by the Holy Spirit. The willingness to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit to give provision and blessing to other people is the key to unlock the kingdom of God. To give you the right that He can pour the prosperity and the blessing upon your life. Until you reach the full surplus of life, full surplus—that is the perfect will of God. Philippians chapter four, verses ten to eleven. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you sh- surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need. For I have learned to whatever state I am to be content. My dear brother and sister, at that time Paul was in need at the beginning in his traveling ministry. But the brother and sister in Philippi really responded to the voice of God. Could you please send your surplus to help Paul? So they sent Epaphroditus to bring gift and. A bountiful offering to him to help him to run the ministry. Let me teach you something about Paul's way, which is biblical way. When you are in need, you don't look to man. I learned that lesson. I looked to God, and let God tap on somebody's shoulder to help me. I will not manipulate any man to help me. Because if you do that, you actually are doing using the flesh. You not look up to God. You look up to human being. Somebody may come to you this way in the church, brother. You know the Bible teaches let your request be made known. Therefore, I want to let my need make known to you right now. I need five thousand dollars. To put down payment for my car, can you give me five thousand dollars? I believe your God will work in your heart. 
Or maybe like this. Somebody is in the outer court, pray. Oh God, you know, I need you to help me. And then somebody walk next to the outer court and say, God, I need $500. I hope you can talk to somebody. That show mercy to me to give me $500. Amen, amen. That is not the way of faith. The way of faith is that you, the Bible say, you make your request be made known unto the Lord. All these years, whatever we need in this church, in my life, I never go out to pressure anybody to do anything in this church or to give me anything. Because I believe that if I do that, I'm walking in the flesh. I just pray. And I believe God will move the heart of people. Maybe you can share with somebody that you are in need, but don't put pressure. Don't look at the person and say, if you don't give me, you're not a good Christian. Don't do that. Let God tap that person's shoulder himself. Amen? Let God work in the heart of that person himself. Don't put pressure. Everyone say, don't put pressure. Another thing we learned from Paul here is that our peace and joy should not depend on how much money we have in the bank. Our peace and joy should not depend on how much material we have. We should have peace and joy regardless of how much we have in the bank. That's what Paul tried to say in the Bible here. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, New King James Version, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. NIV. Say, I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. NLT. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Paul said that no matter what, I have a lot, I have less, I have more, I'm content. I have still peace and joy. I don't understand this scripture until now. When I look back in my life, when we started a church, Pastor Dan and I started a church, we live in a small house, and we used our basement to be the church service place, church gathering. We did not even have the pulpit like this. And my salary at that time was $1,300 a month. That in 1988. We cook, we feed people, pick up people, drive the car to visit people, to make disciples, to teach the Bible. We never feel that, wow, terrible. I'm so poor. $1,300 a month. With a small house, we drove. I drove Jetta. She drove Toyota. 
herself. Ten years old. We did not have any nice car. We just got around. We happy to serve the Lord. We just sold money. We have the thirteen hundred dollars every month. We just sold, feed people. People come to our house, and we preach the word, and we try to reach out to the lost. We throw up a party. She cook for dinner to invite non-believers in to share the gospel. We were happy at thirteen hundred dollars. We learn how to be a best, how to live with really little we have. When I travel on mission trip, I tell you, I never demand anybody anything. Sometimes we went to mission trip. I tell you, just to understand how Paul wrote this scripture, what it means. When I travel to mission trip, one time I went to a country. They put both of us in a very small room. In the old building, when we walk in, we have to jump into the bed. No room at all, and we still, hallelujah! We are here to preach the gospel. We never complain. We went to another city in America. I don't want to say what which city. They put us in a very small house in the basement, that full of stuff in that room. It's like a their closet or something with the bed, really small bed. Pastor Dan, I sleep like this. And we still, hallelujah! We come to this city to preach the gospel. But sometime, I went to Switzerland one time. They put me in the hotel with the view of the lake. Oh, so beautiful! Wow! Impossible! I like to move to Switzerland. So beautiful. They took us on the train and look at all the beautiful mountain. We learn how to be a base. Just little a room under the basement that they just put us there and sleep in the small bed, or they put us in the nice hotel with the view of Switzerland Lake. We still have joy, and we happy, no matter what. Are you getting this? It doesn't matter how much we have, amen. But what Paul tried to say here is that if you keep your heart right, to be willing to do good, always. What can I do to do good? This coming Saturday, we're going to do good. We're going to invite non-believers in, love them, get food for them, show love to them. We're going to do good together to the non-believers, and we say, God, I want to have abounding life to do good. And have joy and peace and willingness. Then Apostle Paul, when he wrote Philippians two twelve, it means you will not only experience being abased or lack or hungry. You can expect to live a life of having everything, living in every situation, full stomach. Don't eat too much, though. You have food. When it's full, let me teach you about medical knowledge here. Okay. Our body have we call the brain called hypothalamus. Hypothalamus is in the middle of the brain here. Hypothalamus detect the feeling of hunger and thirst. So when you eat a little bit in, when you're hungry, the stomach. The glucose and the food gonna go to your hypothalamus in maybe 10 to 15 minutes. 
during that 10 to 15 minutes at the dangerous time. Because your hypothalamus have not picked up the glucose yet. Because it takes some time to absorb and go. During that time, your stomach say, oh, oh. so you cannot just shuffle it in. I'm teaching you medical knowledge here. And eventually, what happened? You eat too much. Beyond what you need. Because in that 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're so hungry. So my secret is this. I teach you my secret. I eat a few bites, maybe half of the plate. The first plate, I pick up really little amount of food first. My hunger say I need to eat this much. But I pick up only half. And I eat half food and I sit around talking another 15 minutes. Until the food goes to my hypothalamus. And by that time, I feel full. Because my brain tells me, you are full now. Then I don't need to eat the second plate. Everyone say, first 15 minutes. <laughs> I easy teaching the Bible, he's teaching medical knowledge. <laughs> Because we talk about food here. Yeah. The Bible says, with a full stomach. <laughs> okay. We keep sowing seed, okay? Philippians chapter 4, verses 13 to 14 say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you share in my distress. So what the Paul, Paul said this way, listen carefully, I'm teaching you something. Again, our life Sometimes we are in distress, we need help. And God works in somebody's heart to give surplus to you and meet your need until you come out from need and have surplus yourself. But at the same time, you, one day, get into the situation, you are in need too. Then God will work with somebody else to meet your need. So this is the way of life. When, listen carefully. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. It means that if you live that lifestyle of willingness, no matter what situation you are in, He's going to bring in people to help you. Listen carefully. God is a good father. He loves you so much. He wants to meet your need. He wants to give you. He wants to bless you. But the way he does, he will tap somebody's shoulder to give to you and help you. And he will tap your shoulder that you will give and help somebody else. If we live this lifestyle, we can do all things through God who meet our need all the time. But we need to learn how to be willing to obey the Lord. Verse 18 says, I'm almost done. Indeed, I have all and about. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet swelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. Remember this. When God tap your shoulder and say, give and help, and you 
Do that out of obedience and willingness. He considered your giving as a sweet-smelling aroma. Good. He smell from heaven. He can receive it, and he look at you and smile. Good. Okay. I can give you give you more surplus, so you can enjoy your life, and you can have more to give to other people. Are you getting this? Yes. When Paul was in trouble, God used the people in Philippi to help him, and by this time. He said, by verse 18, he said, now I'm out of lack now. I have owned about more than enough now because you sent a part of Fortitus to bless me. Now I'm not in lack anymore. And then he continued to say in verse 19, and this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. So, oh, this is so powerful. I love this. He said that you obey God. You give your surplus to me. Now I'm not in need anymore. I have more than enough now to do the ministry, to do good work. But one of these days, if you are in need, ha, ha, ha. The same God who worked in your heart to help me going to work in somebody's life hard to help you and you will not be in need. You're going to have more than enough. Are you getting this message? Are you learning something? This is the Christian lifestyle. The lifestyle of obeying God willingly, joyfully, to do good work, to help people we need, to help the mission, the orphanage, and ministry we, we are in. I'm not talking about you have to give a lot of money. I'm talking about whatever surplus you have, whatever God work in your heart, you're willing to obey. It can be $3, can be $5, can be $20, or $1,000, $20,000, whatever God work in your heart. But you give the surplus to help other ministry, help other people. Amen? And I want to practice this in our church. As a church level, we're going to give our surplus to other ministry to help people, to help the poor, to help the orphanage and other ministry. And in the personal level, we should learn to give one another. We learn how to give to one another. Um, says, may I say this one thing? You know, Willing heart and giving and prayer life freely get God's attention. You remember Cornelius? Cornelius gave alms to the poor and he prayed. What happened? He sent the apostle, Peter, Pedro. <laughs> Peter. <laughs> in Thai we call Pedro. What is in Greek language? Petra. He sent Petra to his house. Can you imagine? Why? Because this man, he is willing to help the poor. Pastor Da and I personally have experience, really. When people are givers, they open our heart a lot. They open the hearts of God. I can feel it inside me. There is one sister in our church. She's not very rich at all. She actually is a single mom. 
with three kids, have to work hard to raise her kids, no support from anybody, no support from the ex-husband. Every time she came to our house, she never came barehand. She always came with some dessert, something. Sometimes come with a drink, arovira, or some coconut drink, and say, "You need to understand, we are much richer than her. Okay, <laughs> we are richer than her. She's just a single mom, working middle class, but she willing to give to us." That really melt our heart. Wow. I know and I know God going to bless this woman because she is a giver. I'm not saying this that you have to give something to me. No, no, no. It's not about giving to me. It's about, you need to understand, have a heart of willingness and giving and sowing really touch the heart of God. Big time. Because our God is the giver Himself, He gave Jesus. You touch His heart, and I want to touch His heart all the time. When I touch His heart, He, what? What do you want? Uh, I like to go on that river tour. Uh, okay, I will talk to your wife for you, that she will allow you to go together. No, I'm just kidding. But it's true. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Are you learning something today? This is, some, this is quite new to me too. As I say, I'm a first-generation Christian. I don't know all of these things because in the Thai Chinese society, I work hard. Money is mine. Don't touch my money. Mm. No. I keep, 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 keep. Myself, me, that is my old way. That's my culture in Thailand. Chinese Thai. I'm not talking about Chinese in China. Chinese Thai. So don't take me wrong. I'm not attacking China. But now I learn from the Bible. God wants me to have all sufficiency always in all things that I may have an abundance to do every good work to help to give to people. That is God's way. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for teaching us something that might be very new to these sons and daughters of yours in this church. We are open to learn, correct it, and our minds are happy to be renewed by your word. We want to do the things that the Bible says. We want to live our life the way Jesus lived, Lord. Jesus gave his life. He saw so much. He saw his time, his energy, his anointing to save, to heal, to deliver people in his generation. And now he reaped the harvest of many millions of people come to know him and serve him. We want to do the same thing in this generation. We want to believe in your will. We receive abounding life to have enough and more and over and abundance and surplus and excess 
to do every good work, Father. Bless everyone in this church and those who listen in the live stream right now to have a willing heart, obedient, obedient heart, and learn how to sow, obey the voice of the Holy Spirit to help others who are in need. And Lord, my God, who supplied all of my need, shall give to them according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Let us experience what we learned today. Let us experience the sowing and the reaping and the abounding life, Father. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. This morning, if some of you are not sure that you're born again and you're not sure that your name is recorded in the book of life, I would like to encourage you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You may have come to church or you have gone to other church for many years, but you're not sure that you are born again. This morning, I want to encourage you to be born again. Jesus said in the Bible, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that he is Lord and he was raised from the dead on the third day, you shall be saved. So now I want to encourage you to really confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. How many people want to go to heaven? How many people want God to be your father to take care of you? My God who supplied all of my needs shall supply you too. Let Jehovah become your God. It's a good God. Pray with me. Father in heaven, I want to be born again. I want to make sure, Lord, my name is recorded in the book of life. Oh, Lord, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross to pay for my sin. I repent of my sin and receive your forgiveness. I want to be born again for sure. I will obey you and walk with you. Thank you, Lord. From today on, move me, Lord, from the good will to acceptable will. And move me, Lord, to the perfect will that I will have more than enough surplus to be able to do good works. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Father, bless everyone in this room. Bless their business, their investment. Bless the work of their hand. Give them favor with man, favor with their boss. Give them open door, good breaks. You are the provider. You are the source. We trust you that you can take care and bless, provide, and showering the great blessing upon your people in this house and those who watch in the live stream as well. Father, we thank you so much. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many people believe in what you learned today? How many people say, "I will practice what I learn"? Amen. Hallelujah. May the Lord bless you. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.